Hi, friends. I'm Allie Domersant, host of the Snapshot Testimony podcast. This week's episode is a tough one, but good. It hits at the heart of one of the most difficult questions that I think we all wrestle with. What do I do when my most desperate prayers seem to go unanswered? My guest is author and speaker Vanitha Reisner. Now, she's gone through unimaginable pain, the death of a child, the loss of a marriage, and she lives with life-altering health challenges. But God's given her a unique perspective on how God uses suffering as a gift. Yes, she calls suffering a gift. There are no pat answers or cliches here, just a really raw and honest perspective that is going to both challenge and inspire you in whatever season you're in. Now, we're going to pick it up with a moment in a conference room when Vanitha was sharing her story with other mothers who'd lost children of their own. I stood up there wanting to give them a message of hope. And then I started telling my story. And I remember saying to them, I begged God not to take the life of my son. And all of a sudden, I was transported back to that moment. And as I was looking at their faces and thinking about the pain that I felt in that moment as I was begging God to do what I had asked, I just remember this sense of fear that sort of came over me, like, what is going to happen in this moment? And, you know, I had thought through my talk completely, but in that moment, I was transported back to that minute. And I didn't really even know what to say. I remember I sort of choked up when I started saying those words because I thought, how can I beg God and him not answer me the way I wanted him to? And just looking at the sea of faces in front of me, I thought, that's where we all are. We've begged God and we can't believe that God hasn't answered us the way we want. And yet in that moment, just as I was looking at those faces, I remember God's presence surrounded me. Like I was sort of transported into this place with just God, even though a lot of people were listening to me. God was talking to me and saying, but I'm with you, but I have been with you through all of this and I am going to use it and I am using all of these things that you don't understand now and you may never understand in ways that will one day blow your mind. Mm. And that changed everything for me. I mean, it it changed me from this place of really tears in front of a group of people I didn't even know to this sense of joy that they even commented on later. Like, wow, we saw you change. Even as you were speaking, feeling this feeling our pain, feeling your pain, and then finding the presence of God in the midst of that. Mm. What are moments, key moments in your life where you can remember begging God? Yeah. Well, after my son died, as I I mentioned before, I begged God to save um, the life of our son and he died. Um, And I remember begging God in the car months after he died, um, to draw near to me because I had been so angry, so distant from God and really had, I didn't walk away. I leaned away. I didn't even turn away, but my Bible was unopened and I had more questions than answers and didn't really want to go to God with them. 
And I begged God in the car, just help me. That's all I said. I need you. And God filled my car, filled my life with his presence in this unmistakable way. And it wasn't this huge, eloquent prayer. It was, help me. I need you. And that was probably the moment in my life where draw God drew the most near in that I knew he was there and I knew he would be there with me forever. And it, it really changed and has since changed my view of life on this earth. Mm-hmm. Like that moment, those probably just few moments were some of the most incredible moments of my life. And it made me realize heaven is real. And if I could feel this way, then heaven is going to be amazing. And one day I will, God will put all of these moments into perspective. Yeah. So that's a moment when I begged God uh, after my ex-husband left our family. I remember lying on the carpet just begging God to help me because my kids had rebelled. They had walked away from God. My body was failing. I was lonely. I didn't know what to do. And I remember again, God met me. I remember reading John 11 and um, Jesus says to Martha, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Mm. And I just cried out, Lord, I believe. And I felt like I saw the glory of God in, in a unique way that just all of these times when I felt desperate and just cried out to God, really at my lowest points, God met me in these breathtaking ways. And so I, my situation was completely unchanged, but I was changed. And I God put them in a different perspective for me. Now, some people listening probably will have a hard time with the begging of God for a, a child to be saved, the begging of God for a marriage to be saved. Um, and you, we haven't even talked about, I know the health challenges that you live with on a daily basis that you've not been healed of. And so some people will say, well, you begged God and he's not given you any of the things that you, you prayed for. How do you, how do you serve a God who doesn't give you any of the good things that you want? And that people would say healing and the saving of a child and the saving of marriage, those aren't frivolous things. How do you how do you explain that to somebody who's skeptical and maybe even a little bitter? Yeah. Well, I used to think those were the things that we lived for. That we live for a a good marriage and healthy body and um, healthy children. Like that was the good life. And God gives us those things, and they are good. Yeah. But when God takes them away. God gives us himself and that's even better. And if you if you haven't experienced that, it sounds crazy and theoretical and doesn't make sense. But if you have tasted and seen the goodness of God, you will get it. And so I would say to listeners who are saying, "Yeah, God was not good." I would say you may not understand it, but in your deepest struggle, if you call out to God, And maybe he isn't answering your prayer the way you want him to, but he gives you himself. You will understand that his love is better than life. 
And I had this analogy that came to me, um, this was a few years ago, that our life is like wrapping paper. Okay. And we get excited about wrapping paper and we look at everybody else's wrapping paper. And we're like, wow, she has better bows than I do. You know, she has a lot more. She has foil paper and I just have, you know, craft paper. And so we spend a lot of our time making our wrapping paper look great. And it is a gift from God. It's a nice, wonderful thing. And suffering starts to tear that paper. And we want to scotch tape it back. We we don't want it torn. And all we can see is the tearing and the pain and how everybody else's paper looks so much better than ours now. Yeah. But what we forget is that wrapping paper is just wrapping a gift. It's not the end. It is wrapping a gift. And the gift is God himself. And so when our paper tears, we get a glimpse of the gift and we realize that we were not made for this world. The gift of God himself is so much better than any of our wrapping paper, anything in this life. And so that is the gift of suffering, is the glimpse of God that overshadows all of our pain. The gift of suffering. And I and I know that you have written about being thankful even for suffering and trials. Um, how did you get there? How long did it take you to get there mm. to where you could even say that? Yeah. Well, you know, Laura Story has this song, um, What If It's a Thousand Sleepless Nights to Know You're Near? And it probably was a thousand sleepless nights to know that. It wasn't an instant. It wasn't the first time suffering came to my door. I would say the first time suffering came to my door, I railed at God and I couldn't believe that he had done that. Um, my first, I, I had polio as an infant, um, was angry at God for a very long time, but but came to Christ, had a really easy, comfortable life for a long time. And then um, my husband had an affair and life started to crumble and I was angry at God. Um, I was angry after our son Paul died and yet each time God met me and it was a thousand sleepless nights that started to show me that God was better than the thing he was taking away. Even though I had begged for things to be restored, I found that um Sickness in some ways is better than health because it leads us to God. Mm. What do you What do you mean? Sickness is better than health. Well, um, Charles Spurgeon has this quote where he says, um, of, and I I will not remember it verbatim, but basically, okay. of all the gifts um, God has given him, um, there's almost nothing better than health except it be sickness, and sickness has been a better gift to him. It's good to find grace in our suffering. It's a better gift than health. And I think the process of finding God, of finding grace in our suffering, gives us something that the world can never take away, whereas all of our good gifts are going to be gone. And if we hold on to our gifts, our family, our health, we're holding on to the wrong things because they will not last. All of us are going to die and everyone we love is going to die. And if that is what we hold on to, then we're going to be really disappointed. 
But realizing that we are not made for this world and our hope is not in this life and that realizing that the things God takes away in this life help us hold on to him more strongly and the things that will last, then it gives us a very different perspective of our suffering. Yeah. You know, I think about how when, at least in my life, when things are super smooth is when it's spiritually, I can become the most complacent. It's almost like I can fall asleep. And then the minute a trial comes is when I'm all of a sudden, I I am so aware of my need for God. And it, my need for God was not any more than it was when things were smooth. But I mean, I res- that resonates with me because I know that I am prone to fall asleep a little bit. Yeah. When when life is good. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you use that term. I've just been studying um, the Garden of Gethsemane and how the disciples don't know what's about to happen. So, you know, Jesus has said some stuff. They're praying with him and they fall asleep yeah. because they have no idea what's happening. I mean, Jesus is falling on his face and they repeatedly fall asleep mm-hmm. because I think we don't even know sometimes how like what we're in until we see it. You know, after that, then they see what was happening. And I think we do fall asleep. I fell asleep for 10 years after I was a believer and life was so easy. I mean, I got into every grad school, got every job, met and married a classmate. Like life was great. And my faith was uh, dull. <laughs> mm. I, 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 did, I thought I had the Christian life figured out, which sounds wild. But I thought, oh yeah, you read the Bible, you sometimes get something out of it, you read a devotional, you pray. If you don't get to prayer, that's okay. You just kind of you believe you're saved. And I thought that's all there was. And I remember thinking, it's kind of boring, but it's good. I mean, I'm glad I'm saved. And then when suffering hit, I realized the Christian life was so much deeper and so much richer than I ever imagined. But I didn't know when I wasn't suffering because I didn't need God. The things of this world made me pretty happy. Wow. So what would you say, kind of the the flip side to somebody who's listening and they're almost afraid, like, well, life is pretty, pretty okay for me right now. Do I, you know, I certainly don't want to wish for bad, or pray for bad things to happen so that I can kind of get to this level with God. Like, what do you do when, when God has allowed the waters to be pretty still? Yeah. Well, I would say, trust him. I have never known anyone whose entire life has had still waters. That's so enjoy this. This is a gift. This is a season. Press into God. Ask God to give you a passion for him. I think that's a prayer God longs to answer. And so, and I didn't do that in the years of abundance because I didn't know to, but Mm -hmm. I do that now. And it's not like I think, okay, God is going to give me suffering, but it is a way God loves to answer our prayers. And it's a great prayer is give me a passion for you. Um, open my eyes that I would see your word. Help me delight in you. I think sometimes I think we don't ask God for what we want that way. We just assume that God's going to do that. And and he does do that in our lives. But I would say ask, ask God to grow you, ask God, God to give you a deep faith. I know that people listening who are in a season of suffering are probably the the ones who you want to speak to because 
you know, I have someone close to me now who's walking through a, a season of deep, prolonged suffering, and it can be so hopeless. What do you say to the person who's been, who feels totally abandoned by God and who doesn't even feel like praying? What do you do? What's the kind of the first step to even begin to get to the place where the Lord has brought you? Yeah. Oh, so many things I would say. God is holding you. You don't need to hold on to him. He's holding you. I would say, call out to God and lament, pull out the Bible, even if you don't feel like it and read Psalm 6, Psalm 13, um, read a Psalm and see how the psalmist complains to God. God invites our complaint. I used to think that I couldn't tell God how I really felt. And when you open the Bible, the psalmists work out their problems with God, with God. And they don't turn away. They turn to God and say how they feel. And that is what draws them back to God. And so I would say, tell God everything and tell God anything. And if you don't feel like even talking, just say, help me. Help me to want to. That's a simple prayer because sometimes I don't want to either. I get that. And, you know, my mom used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And we, <laughs> we say that to God. Like, I don't have anything really good to say. Yeah. So we need to just say, God, I don't know what to say. Help me want to. And God will answer you. And um, open the Bible even when you don't feel like it. Read the Psalms. Look at Psalm 6 or Psalm 13, Psalm 42, 142. There's so many Psalms that speak of the way we feel abandoned in our suffering, and they show us the way back to God. So I would encourage your friend or anyone who's listening to do that and trust that God is holding you in your pain. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast and short feature. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you take a moment and write a review? I would love to hear from you and hear how these stories are helping you. You can also find us and connect with us on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can just search for Snapshot Testimony. I'm your host, Allie Domerson. Together, we're sharing the moments that shape our faith in Christ.